I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, time to look at a big batch of movies. I'm Jeff Braun. It's the November Movie Preview. New this weekend. Rami Malek stars as Freddie Mercury in the biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. So now what? Uh, this is when the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody chronicles Queen's rise and fall, culminating in their 1985 Live Aid performance, which sparked a big comeback before Mercury died. The reviews are sort of tepid at best, saying it doesn't dig deep enough, but Malik obviously does a very convincing job. Even if it's not the greatest movie, it is going to have one of the best soundtracks of the year. Forever, six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. Also new this weekend, something from Disney, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. This time has been difficult for all of us. But Christmas comes. We must do our best to enjoy it. I don't want to enjoy anything right now. I wish you love the way. Don't you think I know exactly where I stand? Your mother was the cleverest inventor I ever knew. And there was never any doubt when I asked what her greatest creation was. You... You might know the Nutcracker from Tchaikovsky's ballet, but the Nutcracker's story began in 1816 as a short story called The Nutcracker and the Mouse King by E.T.A. Hoffman. It was about a young girl's dolls that came to life on Christmas Eve, along with a noble Nutcracker, and they protect her from a nasty army of mice. The movie focuses on Clara, who is guided by her godfather, Drosselmeyer, played by Morgan Freeman. Drosselmeyer helps Clara get to a parallel world. Just a girl. Your mother created our world. My mother made all of this. She was our queen. At your service, Princess Clara. Princess. The future of the realms lies with you. Be careful who you trust. I've been expecting you. <laughs> In this new world, Clara meets a soldier, a gang of mice, and the rulers of three realms. And she has to find the fourth realm and take on the evil Mother Ginger, played by Helen Mirren. The Sugar Plum Fairy is played by Kira Knightley, and Clara is played by Mackenzie Foy, whose credits include Interstellar, The Conjuring, and The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. She was Bella and Edward's kid, Renezme. The Nutcracker has an incredible look, but its reviews have not been kind. 
ginger wants to rule the rounds. I'm going to fix it. Can you help me? It's time to save the kingdom. She's going to destroy everything my mother created. Are you ready? Also new this weekend, Tiffany Haddish stars in the new Tyler Perry movie, Nobody's Fool. Hi, Mom. Hey, darling. Listen, it's your sister. She's getting out. If you could pick her up, I'd appreciate it. What time? What time, honey? It's jail. You get there when you can, like the song said. Hey, girl, hey! Free ass, free ass. I'm about to go out here and shake this Haddish stars as an ex-con, finally free, and she's a bit of a wild card. Quite the opposite, in fact, of her button-down businesswoman sister. Haddish finds work as a barista. I need a job. Why don't you just work here? Oh, that's what's up. That is so dope. Uh, where is say sex? What, what you want me to put right there? What you want to put? Plenty. <laughs> My sister is a bit much. How can I help you? What they say You been standing in line all this time and you don't know what you want. Okay, you could just stand right there and think about it. The sister, meantime, is having relationship issues. Who is this? Charlie. Charlie. He is an amazing guy. She met him online a year ago, but she's never even seen him. It seemed too good to be true. If the man looks too good to be true, he is. You're being catfished. And Haddish wants to take him down. So the dude ain't real? No, the dude ain't real. It could be anybody. We need to go and find this son of a bitch who catfished me. And we gonna tear his up. This should be good. Whoopi Goldberg plays the mom. It does not look like a very good movie, but it also looks like Haddish has free reign to do whatever she wants, which is probably a good thing. Girl, I got his address. We gonna do this tonight. We gonna need a saw, some plastic, burner phone. I gotta go to the bathroom. That's good. You need to go ahead and let all the liquids out because you don't want to leave no DNA. You're not helping. Every time you try to kill a man, you're gonna squirt a little pee. I know that for sure. Tiffany Haddish is on our roll this year. Oh yep. my God. She's cashing in while she can, too. So that's two movies that are actually still in in theaters right now with really? Tiffany Haddish because... Uh, Night School is still right, playing. Right. That's right. And yeah. now this one. So, and actually, when I looked at the listings, they were back to back, like looking at the, I think it was Cineplex website. They had Night School, and then the next movie was Nobody's Fool. Because <laughs> it's the, oh, that's right. The, make for a good double feature night if you're a Haddish, uh, a hardcore Haddish fan or a Hadhead. What do they call their fans? I don't know. They'll think of something. Hey, on uh, November 9th, a decades old classic gets an update. <laughs> It's Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. It's the second big screen adaptation of the classic holiday tale from Dr. Seuss, first adapted for the big screen in live action form in the year 2000 by director Ron Howard, starring Jim Carrey. 
the Grinch. That was a big hit, but audiences and critics were divided on it. I too find myself divided as I think about it because I loved parts of it and hated parts of it. One of the things I hated, too long. Even only at an hour and 45 minutes, they just put way too much extra story into it and it just kind of dragged. This new one is only 86 minutes, which is hopefully just right. The voice of the Grinch is Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, it's a cartoon. It's from Illumination Entertainment, the folks behind the Despicable Me and Minions movies, along with that Secret Life of Pets film. And Sing looks like solid family fun for the season. The Grinch. Up next, the girl with the dragon tattoo returns to the big screen. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We are doing the November movie preview and the complicated cinematic saga of the girl with the dragon tattoo returns to theaters on the 9th. Sorry I said those things. You know how much I love you, don't you? Who the hell are you? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is now The Girl in the Spider's Web. That's the name of the movie, and the series requires some explanation. The character is, at least outwardly, pretty simple. She's the girl who hurts men who hurt women. In the trailer, she has a guy trussed up with some rope, a guy who beats his wife. You try to contact your wife again, or if anything unexpected should happen to her, this video will be sent to him. In the movie, she's Claire Foy of The Crown fame on Netflix. Now, six years ago, there was a movie called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where the same character was played by Mara Rooney. That movie, directed by David Fincher, was the first in the series based on a trilogy of books. The other two books in the series, The Girl Who Played with Fire and The Girl Who Kicked the Cornet's Nest, were not made into movies. Instead, there was a six-year break, and now this recast movie based on a fourth book, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which was not written by the original author, and no one online seems to like that book. There's also the original Swedish series of the three real books. I do recommend those. So, this is a reboot of the franchise using the worst available source material. It's like if they did a reboot of Indiana Jones and the first movie they remade was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You can't outrun your own shadow. Is it this but why is it spiders don't get stuck in their own webs? I'm not sure what to make of this next movie on November 9th, set in World War II. It's called Overlord. Three months ago I was cutting grass in my front yard. Mailman shows up with a letter from the army. Now I'm here. No idea where I'm going to end up. 
takes place right before D-Day, as you could hear from all the war sounds, and is about a team of American paratroopers who land in Nazi-occupied France. Their mission is to destroy a radio transmitter atop a fortified church, where they discover a mysterious Nazi lab underneath the church. What's inside that church? What happens to those people? What is this? A thousand year army. These thousand year soldiers. It appears they're experimenting to create immortal super soldiers that kind of look like zombies. Not entirely sure, but it looks like an action horror movie, and it's from producer J.J. Abrams. It's getting good reviews so far, so I think I need to give Overlord a shot. Chase? He's dead. Chase, how do you feel? I feel really good. Uh, Holy... You gonna go see that, Jeff? Absolutely not. That trailer freaks me out. It looks like a war movie, and then it's like, what? With zombies? And then there's an ACDC song playing yeah. during a World War II set film. It's just like, it's like it just messed me up watching that trailer every time. It does. At the very least, it looks unique, like yeah, something I've never that, seen. That's true. I thought, wow, this is very different. Yeah, at first I kind of, what? Well, and there was also talk, actually, not a, that I remember, there was talk that initially this was going to be part of the Cloverfield universe. Oh, but maybe it is. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Why not? If you've seen it, you go to see it, you enjoy it, and then, and then you find out that it is, then you've got that crossed off your list already. I guess. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see, because they, 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 there was speculation it was going to be, and then they ruled it out. They said, no, it is not. If it turns out to be, then I'm just going to feel ripped off. Like, I felt ripped off by that stupid Cloverfield yes, paradox yes, yes. on Netflix. Anyway. Easy. Right, okay. Happy thoughts. Brett Smash. <laughs> Moving on to November 16th. It's the sequel to the Harry Potter spin-off Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I have some questions for you, Professor. This is a surprise. There's a rumor that Newt Scamander is headed to Paris. I know he's working under your orders. What do you have to say for yourself, Dumbledore? If you'd ever had the pleasure to teach him, you'd know Newt is not a great follower of orders. Fantastic Beasts is a spin-off franchise centering around British wizard and magizoologist Newt Scamander, played by Eddie Redmayne. The first film was set in 1926 and it brought Newt to the United States, debuted in November 2016 to decent reviews and made pretty big money, 234 million domestic, 814 million worldwide. Now we have the sequel in which Jude Law plays Professor Dumbledore. That's the big cheese headmaster of Hogwarts school from the original Harry Potter stories, and Johnny Depp plays the evil wizard Grindelwald, who was in the custody of the Magical Congress of the United States of America in that last film, but he escapes. The time's coming, Newt. When you're gonna have to pick a side. 
Are you going somewhere? No, we're going somewhere. Genius. The first movie was cool, but it was lacking something. Hopefully this one can fix that. I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. The November movie preview continues in a moment with some Adonis. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff Braun. He's Brett McGarry. And we are doing the November movie preview. We're on to the 16th. We've already talked about Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Did I say it right, Brett? Grindelwald? Yes. I've not seen those movies. Um, but now we're going on to something a little funnier. Marky Mark and Rose Byrne star in Instant Family. I love what you two are doing with this house, but what are you going to do with five bedrooms? You guys are obviously never having kids. What was that look? I did not do a look. You're doing a look right now. There's no look. Have a good fight, guys. They're looking to add to their family, and they consider fostering a teenage girl. Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. Three kids? Too much. Oh, oh my God. They're adorable. Why would you show us that? That's wrong. So the next thing they know, they have three kids. As brand new parents, they're overwhelmed and hilarity ensues. It looks funnier than it probably deserves to be, although my girlfriend has four kids, so I may literally be the target audience for this. What are you doing to my phone? Look at what this boy texted her. Is this that kid, Jacob? Hey! I saw the picture you sent her, Jacob. You're lucky I'll end your life right now, Carrot Top. We're going to call your mom. You're going down today. So what do you think of that, Jacob? My name is not Jacob. What? Okay, okay, okay. Also on the 16th, Viola Davis leads a bunch of widows in Widows. Your husband stole $2 million from me. This is about my life. This is about my life. And because it's about my life, now becomes about yours. Davis finds herself a widow thanks to her husband's criminal debt, and then she finds that some other women are in the exact same situation. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. My husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head. Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, and Cynthia Erivo are the other widows, and they're all going to rob a bank together. Liam Neeson's also in it, but I'm pretty sure he's one of the husbands who dies. And it's directed by Steve McQueen, the director of 12 Years a Slave. Now, the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the b to pull this off. And finally, on the 16th, Willem Dafoe plays Vincent Van Gogh in At Eternity's Gate. Tell me, why do you say you're a painter? Because I love painting. I have to paint. I've always been a painter. That I know. A born painter? Yes. How do you know? Because I can't do anything else, and believe me, I've tried. 
That other voice, Mads Mickelson of Hannibal fame. Defoe, of course, was robbed of an Oscar for last year's The Florida Project, but he's probably got a good shot at another one with this. He plays the famous Dutch painter, without an accent it sounds like, and it definitely covers a chapter of his life where he lops off one of his ears. It also looks like the movie tries pretty hard not to have to show that side of his face, which might be a budget thing, or might just be a coincidence in the trailer. The best news is that the director is Julian Schnabel, who is just terrific. He made a movie called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly in 2007, which was amazing. So we may very very well have another Best Picture contender in At Eternity's Gate. Do you believe that God gave you the gift of painting to keep you in misery? I never thought about it that way. Maybe God made me a painter for people who aren't born yet. Tell me, brother, am I a good painter? You're not a good painter, Vincent. You're a great painter. I wanted so much to share what I see. Now I just think about my relationship to eternity. Moving on to November 21st, it's time to step back into the ring. If we don't do what we love... It's Creed 2. Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa and Michael B. Jordan reprising the role of Adonis Creed, son of Apollo Creed, from the 2015 movie Creed, which was excellent. Now the sequel looks great too. It's like nothing really matters to him right now. Including me. You gotta think real hard about this. You got people that need you now. I'm taking the fight. Well, who's he gonna fight? Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. He dies. He dies. That's right, the son of Apollo Creed is taking on the son of Ivan Drago. Hopefully there's a training montage that ends atop a mountain. Victor Drago is played by real-life Romanian boxer Florian Montianu. Not sure how to pronounce his name, but he is a big man, 6'4", and all muscle. During filming, he accidentally punched Jordan for real, and Jordan took it. In the movie, they basically make Victor Drago out to be the Antichrist, and no one is happy with Adonis for taking a fight. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. Dolph Lundgren is back in the role of Ivan Drago, and he does not look happy to see Rocky when they finally come face to face. Back in 2015, when I saw the first trailer for Creed, I blew it off instantly, thinking it would suck. Turns out it was awesome, so hopefully they don't screw up the sequel. Creed 2 arrives in theaters once again November 21st. Now you know what you're fighting for. Round after round. 
learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. It may not seem like it now, but this is more than just a fight. I read a thing this week where they suggested they make uh, they remake Action Jackson, like Action Jackson Jr., and Michael G. Board, B. Jordan again plays Carl Weathers' kid. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. That movie was terrible. That movie was very terrible. Even when I was a kid, it's, I knew it was dumb. It's a bad movie, It's but it's it's almost like a masterpiece bad movie. Yeah. It's weird like that. Okay, maybe I should watch it again. It's fun. I also definitely was way too young to watch it. I remember the babysitter saying, your parents let you rent yeah. this? Yeah, that's a hard are on that one. <laughs> yeah. On the 21st, Vigo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali go for a drive in Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's going to be problems. Promise me you're going to write me a letter. Promise. Morton's in is like a mafia guy who becomes the driver and bodyguard for Ali's piano player in the 60s. It's like a reverse driving Miss Daisy. And road trip fun ensues. What are you doing? A letter. May I? Dear Dolores, sometimes you remind me of a house. You know this is pathetic, right? Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I have ever done. P.S. Kiss the kids. That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of Shostakovich's seven. And that's good. It's perfect, Tony. There's a lot of drama as well. It's based on a true story. And in fact, the real-life guy that Mortensen plays was an actor on The Sopranos for a while. Peter Farrelly of the Dumb and Dumber Kingpin. There's something about Mary Farrelly Brothers directs this one. A lot of great buzz out there as well. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. You don't know your own people. You, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. But your music, what you do, only you can do that. Also on the 21st, Robin Hood. You were a crusader, but now you get to be a thief. And I'm going to show you how. We hit the elite where it hurts the most, their money. Are you with me? This does make us outlaws, so if anybody wants out, well, it's probably too late. This is our shot. Bring me on! It's Robin Hood. Rated PG-13. In theaters November 21st. Kingsman's Taron Edgerton plays Robin Hood while Jamie Foxx plays his trainer or something. It's like a gritty Robin Hood origin story and it looks terrible. Jamie Foxx should be getting much better movies than this. The Knicks, Eve Houston plays Marion and in the least shocking casting move ever, Ben Mendelsohn plays the bad guy. He's going to develop a complex if he doesn't soon get a part playing a good guy. And he's the bad guy from Star Wars Rogue One. And Ready Player One. He's such a good bad guy. And he's in The Dark Knight Rises as a mid-level bad guy. That's right. He's just always a bad guy. He has such a perfect scowl though. He does. He just really, he really does. does slime ball well. Also 
We just had a Robin Hood. Well, I guess it's been eight years now because Ridley Scott directed that Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe oh, yeah. back so like in 2010. Every decade somebody thinks, hey, we need another Robin Hood movie, and we never need another Robin no. Hood movie. Yeah, that, that Ridley Scott <laughs> one was not very good. I, I watched it one time, and... And uh, that was it. I never wanted to see it again. The cartoon Disney one with the fox or Robin Hood Men in Tights may be the two best Robin Hood movies. Hey, speaking of Disney cartoons, on November 21st, it's the follow-up to 2012's Wreck-It Ralph, and it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. Welcome to the search bar. What can I help you find today? Um, Umbrella. Umbridge. Umami. No. Noah's Ark. No doubt. No, it's from Ralph. <laughs> Ergonomics. Urban Outfitters. Urku. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're going to say. My autofill is a touch of gray. Today. Let me try. Take me to a website that's super intense and really nuts. Oh, I only found one result. And that website result is Disney. So the first movie was about video game characters who live in this arcade, and now they've journeyed from their games into the internet, where they wander around all things Disney, and one of the characters meets all of the Disney princesses. <gasps> Whoa, whoa, ladies, I'm a princess, too. What kind of a princess are you? Uh, Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big, strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She She is is a princess. John C. Riley is back as the voice of Ralph. Sarah Silverman is back as the voice of Vanellope, and it looks super fun. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yeah, since he is Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? Mm, you're not wrong. One more to mention, on November 30th, it's a scary movie. It's called The Possession of Hannah Grace. We just talked about this a couple weeks back in the news from the couch. It's about an exorcism, and it spins out of control. A young woman dies. Months later, her body shows up during the graveyard shift at a morgue, and it appears that the demon has not yet left. Looks pretty creepy. I'm sure Jeff Braun's going to love it. Up next, a quick debrief on Season 3 of Daredevil and Jeff actually watched the latest Adam Sandler Netflix special, and I was stunned to hear what he thought of it. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Easy, miss. I've got you. You, You've got me? Who's got you? I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes having a quick look at what is coming to home video this week. Jeff Braun. Superman, the 40th anniversary edition of the first movie out on digital HD and Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray to boot there, so that's a good one. Also on hard copy Blu-ray, Incredibles 2 and Black Klansman and on digital HD, Christopher Robbins are in McGregor. Okay, and you watched the Adam Sandler thing on Netflix, right? 100% fresh, it's called. I'm heading out and all I'm taking with me is my phone wallet keys. Yeah, phone wallet keys. Just those three things, please. Need my phone, wallet, keys. Got my credit cards in my wallet. Got my phone, you can call it. Master lock on my front door. That's what my keys are for. My phone, wallet, keys. Yeah, phone, wallet, keys. 
Good things come in trees. Need my phone, wallet, keys. That's the cleanest thing I could find. It, it was a hilarious just over an hour's worth of entertainment. A nice mix of his songs, his stand-up, and some stories. It makes a nice blend of his different sides. His musical side, of course. Uh, his super goofy side. And then, he, you know, he talks like a grown-up now because he's almost 50. For such a mishmash of general silliness and normalcy, it comes off surprisingly unweird. Nothing sticks around long enough to really become tiresome or anything like that. Uh, undoubtedly, part of my enjoyment come from my expectations being pretty low. Didn't have high hopes when I hit play. And then I realized, oh, that's right. He's actually hilarious and incredibly talented, which is also the reason we pick on his movie career so mercilessly because it's such wasted potential. He is terrific at acting, at making funny or dramatic movies, and he wastes his gifts so often on garbage like Jack and Jill. In his defense, a lot of even the bad movies have been very popular. He's not out to impress me. His goal is to have fun while he makes movies with his friends, and we would all choose that for our workday if we could. Nevertheless, he could probably have a dozen top-shelf movies under his belt by now. Um, And while he's mostly been in the movie business the past 20 years, he's always been hilarious in other mediums with stand-up comedy, his songs, sketches, just in general. He's a very funny, very likable, nice guy who likes very silly toilet humor that appeals to the 14-year-old of me. I laughed all the way through this special, and then it gets kind of poignant at the end, near the end. I'd love to talk about that, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. I do highly recommend it. If you if you have ever liked Adam Sandler, watch 100% Fresh on Netflix. And I'll just quickly tell you, speaking of Netflix, I finished season three of Daredevil, yep. and it might be the best Marvel series they've put out really? to date. And it's, it's been like three years since I watched that first season of yeah. Daredevil, but I really liked the first season, and the ranking I had was Jessica Jones season one, Daredevil season one, and then everything else after right. that. But uh, I think I would put season three of Daredevil up, uh, even up against that first season of Jessica Jones, probably ahead of it. I loved it. Highly recommended. It's a great return to form. Uh, season two of Daredevil was so, so it was good, just not great. Yeah. This was great. If you like those shows, you should watch it. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Thank you.